Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Ride on. Bonjour, bonjour, buongiorno. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral. You can log a ride with our friends at Zwift and you joining me. It's not Dave McKenzie. It's my, it's uh, Kino. Sorry. Are you? I'm so used to it. Are you? <laughs> of course you are. And I have been for the last few days as well. And I'm going to miss Macca. And I'm glad that we got to celebrate his victory the other day. Yeah. So I'm no David McKenzie. They're big <laughs> shoes to fill. So we're going with a little bit of a Mitch Docker Luft on the cap. How good was that for Macca to relive? On a different note, though, Christoph, you put out to the audience, whether it's Bonjour or Bongiorno. 63% of the people voted for Bongiorno. But you didn't give us the third option, which you've gone with, which was a little bit of Bonjour and a little exactly. bit of Bongiorno. But you know what? That was already the plan from the start. I thought I could mix it up. I just wanted to test okay. the temperature. So <laughs> you have done a survey where you doctored the result already. Man, French way. You know, French politics. Okay. You know? Excellent. Very good. <laughs> anyway, what a stage we had yesterday. Oh. We had Everything in that stage must have been incredible. You know, the passion you must have had to commentate that stage. Well, I felt like the first half of the stage, it was a warm up for this because it felt like it was a podcast for the first <laughs> half of the stage because we had no pictures. But that also gives you empathy for the people who are out there and actually racing. And the two guys off the front at the start, Hermans and Campanats, they were at 19 seconds, 18 seconds, 21 seconds, 23 seconds, 17 seconds for 20 Ks. Yeah before the group got established, and it was a really strong group. And I loved that the day before, we had Ponema, the youngest rider in the race at 18, yep. in the breakaway. And then yesterday, we had Kundakort at 38, 20 years his senior, the eldest guy in the breakaway. There's a spot for everyone. I love what you said about Kun in the commentary as well, about when he was showing off on his social media about how many tours he's done, and the yeah. master was like... 77? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was classic. And for a guy like Kundakort, he's... An example of being a pro bike rider is not just about winning. It's about helping other people Absolutely. win. His last victory came the year before he turned pro, and that was the stage at the Tula Avenir. He's had 15, 16 years in the professional peloton with some of the biggest teams, starting in Astana, mm. now Trek Segafredo. Hasn't won a single race, but he's still there. And he is still really significant. And he also rode with the biggest. You know, he was with uh, Contador, oh, and, and he he drove Contador all the way through that last stage. You were yeah. there at yeah, La Vuelta was... uh, as a road captain. So he's, he's he's been around the block, really. And for us on the media side of the fence, he gives us a real insight. And he helps take all of us inside the peloton a little more. And when he was doing that role with Alberto Contador, the role he had prior to that was to look after John Degenkolb in yeah. sprint finishes and Marcel Kittel, and he would go through the tiniest of gaps. In in fact, the gap might not have been there, and he used his <laughs> handlebars to jimmy the gap open. Whereas he said with Alberto, you had to pick bigger gaps to go through, and he'd go through a gap and take a look over the shoulder and make sure he was still there. Okay. And that showed he's a chameleon within the peloton. Mm -hmm. He finds a spot for himself. And he loves Australia, so that's yeah. good. <laughs> uh, yesterday was the day of uh, Joe Dombrowski. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
good win, very good win. Let's listen to him straight after the uh, the stage win, and we come back and talk about uh, his performance. Yeah, it's uh, really happy with today. Obviously, um, you know, it's hard to know uh, what was going to happen if it was a group of GC riders or if maybe the breakaway would have enough time. And um, I was feeling good in the last 50k and just trying not to do too much work and be a bit conservative because I knew this last climb was uh, really a tough one and yeah I was able to get the gap uh, wasn't enough for the pink jersey but I think a stage win is a nice way to uh, finish the day when did you start thinking of the stage victory uh, I think once once I saw the gap go out of the breakaway from for a while we were at four and a half minutes And then at one point we had seven and a half, eight. And then I was thinking, okay, this group has a good chance to stay away, but just need to stay attentive for uh, splits. And because when you have a group of 25 riders, it's not always, well, it's never everyone co cooperating. So you need to be ready for, uh, you know, attacks. And I was able to follow everything. And I knew DeMarkey was maybe the strongest rider in the breakaway. So... If I always took his wheel, then you would be in a good spot. Very smart uh, riding yesterday from him. Yeah, and very thoughtful in all of his answers as well. Yeah, and you know, he's got he's got the thickest American accent I've pretty much ever heard. Oh no, my, <laughs> my favorite American accent is New York, Brooklyn. Oh yeah, and uh, New coffee, York, come coffee, <laughs> and New York delivered by John McEnroe. True, true. I love that accent. I love the sound of John McEnroe's voice. This is not bad. Yeah, now that is pretty good. It's a significant win for him. It's his first win as a professional on European soil. Mm -hmm. He has won the Tour of Utah. He's won stages there as well. It was a huge moment for Joe Dombrowski. 2012, he won the Baby Giro, and there was a huge bidding war to get his signature. True, Liquid yeah. Gas wanted him. He ended up at Sky, and he's kind of been in the shadow of his own big result for mm -hmm. such a long time. And I've always referred to him in commentary as former winner of the Baby Giro. From today onwards, he's stage winner at the Giro d'Italia. That's and he, big. And he wears the King of the Mountain jersey as well, the blue jersey, uh, for which is the Polkadot in the Tour de France, so blue jersey here in, in Italy. Uh, do you think this is something he will fight, hands down, to keep all the way to the end? Yes. That's, this is this, this jersey. No. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm not convinced that he would have thought about it before the Giro got underway. But now that he's in it, he's got a taste of being on the podium. And I think that he will want that jersey at the end. And the course suits him to be able to win that jersey. Because mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's not going to challenge for the general classification. Where is he at the moment? So, he's, you know, he's, at, he's second at 22 seconds behind. Yeah. But I think there will be moments in the high mountains where he does lose time. I don't think he can win overall, but he can win that classification and we saw with the winners of stages two and three when Taco van der Horn and Tim Muller won their stage the cork popped out of that Prosecco and yeah. they sprayed a little and guzzled a lot <laughs> whereas Joe Dombrowski didn't touch it he means business he wants that jersey I think now that's how you make a difference this is how you spot a difference on <laughs> well I, I love the way that those two guys celebrated but I also love the way Joe Dombrowski didn't. And it's, yeah. okay, this is part one of the act that I want to play in the Giro. How, probably not that much, but how disappointed was it that he's not sitting here on our puppet with a, with a pink jersey today? No, it's, it won't be hugely no? disappointing. No, the stage victory will have been his priority. And then, you know, there might be a slight chance that he moves into pink. Obviously not today, but maybe mm -hmm. the next day. Uh, I, I 
don't realistically think he's got a huge chance of doing that, but he just might. Okay. Be interesting. So we just mentioned there's a there's a new guy in pink. Uh, it's really deserved because he's mm. been shipping at it for a long time, 11 years, I think. Yeah. He's been dreaming about this. Uh, let's listen uh, to um, uh, Alessandro De Marchi. Sorry. Well, I must say that uh, the goal was uh, the Maglia Rosa. I, I started thinking about that uh, maybe yeah two days ago. I... I also must say that I, I didn't tell to, to nobody this, and uh, and then today was ready to to just uh, find the the good move. I I knew it could be tricky at the the start, and uh, with a big branch, I was uh, was right to to go uh, to try to go in the breakaway, and then uh, and then was about a bit of the luck, and then the the right move and. Uh, yeah, here we are, and I'm without words, really. Here you are. This was a childhood dream of you. Ah, yeah. In the end, is is the dream of uh, every every cyclist, especially if you are Italian. And uh, maybe I, I never really think about that. Uh, but uh, today, when I realized that uh, there was opportunity, there was an opportunity. I really start to to dream about that and. Uh, I was scared to, to have lost the opportunity at the middle of the race when the, the three guys went uh, went uh, in the front and we were quite behind. I was quite scared that it was too late, but then uh, uh, again the the old uh, the old rule uh, uh, worked perfectly. So never never give up. Never give up, uh, indeed. Uh, actually, quick remark from uh, Julie here. She says the Marquis had a drink from the bottle. When he celebrated, do you think he's not serious? No, no, he is, and absolutely, he should work. No, I speak up, Julie. I like it. Uh, in terms of Demarkey, you follow him on social media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it was stage eleven, two thousand and seventeen. He posted something negative during okay. the stage of the Tour de France. Other than that, he's always looking for the next opportunity. And he said there, you know, with a little bit of luck. I think that was about the 343rd breakaway that he's been in. Yeah. <laughs> the harder he works, the luckier he gets. There, It'd be hard to find anybody in professional cycling that would begrudge Alessandro Damaki his stint in the Mari Rosa. I'm delighted for him. And in a way, you could almost feel there's a, there's a bit of a weight lifting from his shoulder in this interview where he's like, finally, I get the pink. Finally, I get the pink. Yeah, in... He's 34, so he's getting towards the back end of his career, but it's not over and done with as yet. Absolutely. Yeah. But he's won three stages at the Vuelta de España, similar conditions to what we saw yesterday, mm. a couple of them too, and with big breakaways. But this is huge. You know, he started with the Androni Giacatoli team, a small team. He worked his way up. He's been at the service of a lot of other riders, and I'm sure that the team will be wrapped because they just signed him this year. Their big signing, obviously, getting all the attention is Chris Froome. They'll be wrapped that they're getting attention with a positive result out of the market. Absolutely. And there's a comment here from uh, Kuji Fiskan uh, that says, I'm going to paraphrase, but it's true that generally the percentage of breakaway that go to the end is very low. But so mm. far in this Giro, it's pretty high. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> it is. And even Thomas de Ghent, the master of the breakaway. And incidentally, De Marquis was in the break with de Ghent when he had that famous victory in the yeah. Saint-Etienne yeah. in 2019 at the Tour. He said that you know, there's no great science to it. There are some stages where the odds are higher, mm -hmm. but you've just got to get in there regularly. And that's what Alessandro de Marquis has done throughout his career. I was also fascinated by his comment about, I dreamt about it, but I didn't dare tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> what did you make of that? 
Well, it's just you could feel like it's almost a, a, a kid. He's still back into the, his kid mindset saying, if I say it, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I say it, it won't happen. So I, be- I dare saying it and it may happen. Yeah. And also, I it's a self-preservation thing as well. And I've done this in, in myself. And mm-hmm. at 46 years of age, there's elements in which I do this as well where I don't want to tell anybody what I'm out trying to <laughs> achieve and whatever that may be, whether it be in work life or recreational sport <laughs> or whatever, because there is that fear of public failure. Mm-hmm. And every time he goes out onto the field of play, so to speak, it's a public assessment of his job. True, 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 yeah. true. Do you know what? Israel, they're doing super well for the start of the season. Yeah. They're having a great start of the season. Uh, let's listen to uh, Nick Sorensen from uh, from Israel. Historic moment for uh, Israel startup nation and... and um... And also super happy on the behalf of uh, Demarki and uh, on, on Ale- for Alessandro and for the team. Uh, it's uh, he's Italian and in, in his home country, and he's won big races in his career. But I'm sure that uh, this is a very very special moment for him as well. They're all in good shape. They were in good shape from the beginning, and uh, uh, we need to be smart and and uh, play the cards in a, in a good way and. Um, we had a big loss for for the team in uh, the, after the prologue with um, with the, the crash of uh, Chris Nylands, a very important rider for the team. But uh, we we will uh, be strong also going forward, and uh, and uh, I'm sure we will see more of these guys. Yeah. And there was Nick Sorensen, the director sportif of uh, Israel Startup Nation. Uh, you got a bit of a man crush on him, I believe. Not a bit. <laughs> no, I've got a proper man crush on Nicky Sorensen because he's got dignified class. He was a really good bike rider without being a great bike rider. He was at Saxo Bank, won a couple of stages at the Tour de France. Could have won more, perhaps, but he was working at the service of the mm-hmm. likes of Cancellara and the Schleck brothers. He was a sports director with the Aqua Blue team, okay. the ill-fated Aqua Blue team. And they did the Australian Summer Road, the Herald Sun Tour and so on. And he provided us with so much information. And then throughout that season when they were racing and they did the Vuelta de España, they won a stage there as well. He was the guy calling the shots. And you could just hear in his voice the dignity, the class, the humility that he's got. And if you were a young rider and you turned up to a team, you had Nicky Sorensen as your sports director, yeah. you'd know you're in good hands. Okay. But if we look at the team itself, they really raised the bar yeah. this year. Uh, there's a lot more racing coming this year, but what can they do here at the Giro? Yeah, well, just looking at Dan Martin, he's 21st, he's at 2 minutes and 8 seconds behind, cannot win the race, but can impact on the race. He can finish maybe in the top 5, certainly in the top 10. They've got another stage win. Dan Martin can win a stage. I think Paddy Bevan could win a stage. David Echimelay could be a chance mm-hmm. to win the stage tonight. I, In fact, I'll be surprised if they go home without another stage, without a stage victory. Okay. Now, they've got the pink jersey at the moment, but they can win a stage. Okay. If we go back to uh, this man here, mm. uh, there's a comment here that uh, mentions that, uh, uh, let me just bring the comment up, uh, Jean-Loup that says, uh, the marquee performance will be only a one-off in this Giro. He struggled in the last climb. Do you agree? The, yeah. The, sorry, say it again. The marquee performance will only be a one-off in this Giro. Yeah. He struggled at the last climb, leading me to a question, how long can we see him in pink and what can we see from him? He'll be in the pink jersey at the end of today's stage. Mm-hmm. He will lose the pink jersey on Thursday stage. So who was it that made the comment? Jean-Loup. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Dukini Quick Step. Yeah, uh, and Remco, Remco Evenepoel. I did tweet something yesterday. I had a quick look on the uh, Belgium TV app. 
Uh, and you on, saw that tweet uh, from you. It was great. <laughs> it's incredible. Under the cycling, there's yeah. hardly anything else than Remco, Remco at the airport, Remco traveling. No, no, Remco no. <laughs> you, know, you know, this time last year, and you turned on the news, any channel, and it was COVID. Say yeah. a half an hour news block, it would be COVID for 23 minutes, sport weather. Exactly. In Belgium, you watch the news <laughs> at the moment, it's Remco for 23 minutes, one minute news, what's happening with COVID. Then, then the weather, Absolutely. then sport again with Remco. <laughs> and Remco is a bit like Tintin, you know, like Remco yeah. at the airport, Remco doing this, Remco yeah. is this whole section, but there's the whole weight of a nation like Belgium, but we are all expecting something relatively big from him mm. this year. Uh, we got something pretty good last night. Don't forget, he's the second youngest rider in the race. Yeah. It's his first Grand Tour. He hasn't raced since that horrific crash at Lombardia at the end of last season. And the Koenig Quickstep, they were fully committed last night. Didn't we see them on the front a lot? Yeah. Absolutely. And we have spoken about, and I'm sure you and Maka have spoken about this as well, about who's the leader. Is it wow. Almeida, fourth last year, or is it Evenepoel well, in his first Grand Tour? We found out yesterday. Didn't we? <laughs> absolutely. We'll talk about Almeida in a sec. But okay. uh, absolutely, Remco was, you know, it's a bit, almost a shame he didn't go and challenge a bit mm, more. But uh, no. was it early? It's a bit too early for him in the Tour? He didn't have the legs to challenge more mm -hmm. because, you know, he, he wasn't, in that group with Bernal and Lander, you know, he conceded just a fraction of time. I think it was 11 seconds. Yep. Uh, if he had tried the challenge sooner, he would have lost more time. He rode smartly. Okay. Yeah. Clever. Let's listen to uh, the DS from uh, Dukini Quickstep. It's uh, Klaas Ludwig. Yeah. Well, it was clear it would be a very hard day uh, for everybody. Um, I think the goal was to uh, not lose too much time. I think I, we can say we succeed in that, especially with Remco. Okay, Joao had a bad day. I think. We, we lost quite a lot with him, but we still have Remco up there, so that's a good thing. Um, and also, like uh, before, we were not interested in any jersey, so for this, that's quite okay. Now, um, we just try to recover now from this big effort today, and then uh, let's hope we can have a quite easy day tomorrow, and then see what we can do the next days. This was uh, the view from uh, the Kenwick uh, Quick Step. Uh, so we just said before playing this interview, we found out who was the leader. Yeah. Almeida, if we had to draw a map of winners and losers, Almeida, which incidentally was my tip in the uh, cycling competition, SBS cycling um, tipping competition, which yeah. basically I'm good because I'm tipping the first today. But anyway, we found out who was the leader and it's not Almeida. No, absolutely not. And interestingly, with the Evenepoel, because he time trolls so well on the mm -hmm. opening day, uh, he's sitting in eighth position overall. Egan Bernal is 11th and Evenepoel is 11 seconds in front of him. So I think the only of the pre-race favourites in front of him is Alexander Vlasov, who I picked yesterday. And I, I had know, the last well. pick on the tipping competition. <laughs> I was pretty happy. So he's the only one of the pre-race favourites who's in front of Evenepoel and only by four seconds. So Remco's in a really good spot. I think the challenge for Remco will be to ride conservatively because he's never done a three-week race. Mm -hmm. And we saw him a couple of days ago with the intermediate sprint for a time bonus. He hadn't planned on it. He didn't even know about the time bonus before yeah, the yeah. stage started. <laughs> and his instinct is to race. But he's also he's learning very quickly. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's smart. He, absolutely. Yeah. You've spoken about the fact that he scored a goal for Belgium in a junior friendly against Italy. No, we didn't. Yeah. So he was a potentially <laughs> world-class soccer yeah, player. Yeah. Phenomenal. And Some he, he had to make a all. choice. He had to make a choice between a career in football and career in cycling. But he was too good for cycling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was too good, too good to yep. let that go for cycling. Uh, can we talk about Jai? Can we? Okay, we should. Uh, you, you're, you're using Jai as a segue to Roman Bardet, aren't maybe, you? Maybe. You are. <laughs> You're dropping the Bonjourno when you go with the Bonjour. Is <laughs> my is my super domestic leading to uh, to Balde? But uh, what can we say about Jai? The performance. He struggled yesterday. He struggled with the weather. 
So I'm not overanalyzing yesterday's results because of the weather. Some people respond differently to the rain than others. And we saw Mick Lander growing up in the Basque country, which is notoriously yeah. cold and wet. He coped really well. Jai Hindley from WA, Perth, he struggled a bit in the rain. I'll assess Jai Hindley more after Thursday stage. Okay. Fingers crossed the weather is better there. I remember last year how he struggled even with a jacket to put yeah, the jacket he did, on. Didn't he? You know, that's an incredible footage. Yeah, it's great footage. When he was just off the front with Teo Gagenhart and Rowan Dennis and he yeah. almost came undone <laughs> trying for the, for the descent. He actually auctioned that jacket afterwards. Did he? Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Brilliant. So I'm not overly concerned, but it's not a, it's not a great result. Mm -hmm. But it's not panic stations by a long shot. Okay. Bardet, since you're asking. <laughs> How did we come across Roman Bardet? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah. for me, it's weird to see Bardet in a black outfit. In anything other than AG2R. I know. I know. Like yeah. I, grew, I actually grew up like, as an adult. I grew up my, my love of cycling with him being in brown and white color. Yeah. In black, I'm always looking for him. Uh, what do you make of his performance yesterday? Really good. And he has had some good performances historically in the rain. He lost a bit of time, not surprisingly, yeah. on day one in the time trial. So now, bar day, he finds himself at you know 2.03, which has him at 35 seconds behind the other favourites. If there was ever a course for Roman Bardet to be able to win a Grand Tour, this is it okay. because of the lack of time trialling. I'm looking forward to seeing how DSM conduct themselves because last year at this point Jai Hindley was the domestic and they were working for Wilco mm -hmm. Kelderman and now we've got a really even leadership between Bardet and Hindley and they're both mature enough to say at some point okay you're the number one guy and watch this space Roman Bardet in Italy with far less scrutiny on a Dutch German team with far less scrutiny than being on a French team yeah. this is a really good environment for Roman Bardet I remember we talked about it before before even he left AG2R yeah. you and I we said the best thing he could do is actually leave a French yeah, team we did. he needed to he needed to yeah. uh, let's listen and to and Thibaut Pinot should leave too by well, the way it, he's not going to do the Giro he's not doing a Giro he's not going to do the Tour de France Thibaut yeah. Pinot I think it's time for him to you're right yeah, follow I the Bardet line he needs to leave as well absolutely let's listen to a Roman Bardet yeah it was quite a hard day with the Spring rain all day long and some pretty hard time, but obviously it went quite uh, quite okay. Um, yeah, I was not too far from the front uh, in the the last time when the attack came, and uh, yeah, so I think uh, obviously it was a good day. The guy protected me, Jay and me very well all day long, so I think we can still improve from that. And but the legs are are quite uh, okay and will improve day by day. So yeah, it's obviously not our best day, but still a good day and uh, we will uh, looking forward for more. Is it rain or is it a shower? <laughs> the rain was heavy yesterday, wasn't it? How good would have it been after a day like that to get into a warm shower? Remember, you guys made a comment. I think Maka made a comment that the socks on 99% of the riders would go to the right. bin straight away. And after a day like that, I would step into the shower fully clothed straight away <laughs> start getting dressed undressed in there as opposed to the you know that extra 30 seconds of getting getting undressed i would want that warm shower straight away absolutely other riders from that team have you got a moment yeah, on yeah, those yeah so i thought chris hamilton was pretty good yesterday yep. mm -hmm. uh the rider from bendigo victorian he was there a lot early and michael storer michael storer flies under the radar in australian cycling also from Perth, he grew up with Jai Hindley. They've done their whole careers together, and he is loving the job of working for him. He was one of the last guys dropped from that main group. He is a real quiet achiever. Hats off, Michael Storer. And uh, Bennett, can we talk about Bennett very quickly? 
Yeah, I, I, I know you. It, hurt, it, it hurts me <laughs> to talk about George Bennett. I love the climbing Kiwi, but struggled yesterday, and you spotted it at the back of a peloton. Uh, and and Maka wouldn't have a bar of it, would he? <laughs> no, no. Maka was like, uh, well, no, he's just going around, no, no. you know. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not Maka. He was at the back. He's now at three minutes and ten seconds behind, and it feels like every time George Bennett gets his opportunity, something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think yesterday. It wasn't anything to do with bad luck. There was no mechanical. It was just bad legs mm -hmm. on a day of bad weather because early in the stage, he was riding really good position and none of his teammates were really there with him at the key part of it. I mean, Tobias Foss hung around there for a long time and, in fact, is ahead of Bennett in the overall standings. But he was looking like, okay, might be isolated here, but he worked his own way to the front mm -hmm. and it was in the right spot. And then as soon as I saw him at the back and there was still 25 in the group, my heart sank for yeah. it. Uh, but he rains a lot in New Zealand. You should, should know that. He hasn't no, lived there for a no, long time. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to play another interview from uh, Jacopo Mosca uh, uh, yeah. from Trek Segafrego uh, because we talked about Kuhn and, and, and what happened yesterday and, and how he's helping the team and so on. But Jacopo Mosca, just read on his face how hard the day was. It was really hard. The first part was super fast. We went in the break... Uh, Three guys, me and Emmanuel and uh, Kuhn. And in the end, was for me was really hard because I was coming back in the break uh, later with uh, only two guys, so 20k already to, to chasing. And then in the end, uh, we think to uh, have Emmanuel in a good shape, but the second, no third last climb, we have no power in the legs. So I tried to come back, but in the last climb, I I try to create a gap in the downhill when I play my card, but in the end. I have no power in the legs, and when I start the last climb, I was really out of limit, and then uh, I have not uh, not more energy. So I saw that uh, Chico and Winter was quite good. So keep on going like this, and uh, we try and we try again. You know, we're talking about the shower. He must have loved his shower as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the language is irrelevant in yeah. that interview. He could have been speaking in Swahili, yeah. and you understood the anguish on his face. Can we talk about the Trek Segafredo team go, for a moment? Go, yeah. So they had three in the breakaway, and I was really hoping that Gabriel Zabier, Emmanuel Gabriel Zabier, mm -hmm. could have been that first year trained to win a stage yeah. in a Grand Tour. <laughs> that would have been a beautiful story. But three in the break, when they've got Vincenzo Nibli, a former two-time winner mm -hmm. of this race, they don't believe that Vincenzo can win overall, yeah. and nor do I. And was, so it, was it clear yesterday? Do you see that? Or yeah, the last absolutely. Few days? If they're putting three guys in the breakaway, whereas the other teams that really came into the race thinking we can win this. Ineos, no one in the breakaway. Astana didn't have anybody in the breakaway. EF Education with Hugh Carthy, they didn't have anybody in the breakaway. And sadly, George Bennett's team, Jumbo yeah. Visma, they didn't either. Whereas Trek Segafredo with three in the break, they want to win a stage here. And I think Vincen Vincenzo can impact the race. I think he can win a stage. But the injuries that he's had... Back end of his career, I don't think he can win. And last mention, and then we move on to what's happening tonight on SBS, actually. Uh, Intermarché, Wanty Gobert. Oh. Uh, this is a good news story for yesterday, or day before, actually. And then yesterday, they, they, they really showed the jersey again. They really went onto the attack, almost mm. to the point that we could have believed I did. This was possible. Well, I believe that Rain Taramé could have moved into the pink jersey yeah. and Chris Jansen could have won the stage at one point. But then... Obviously, you know, they, they physically hit the wall and they had two in the break, you know, and Hermans was off the front early. Tarame then was in the group that came across and they had a real spring in their step after Taco Vanderhorn had won the previous day. And it was great listening to Macca talk about 
When he won stage seven, the following day, their sports director, Sean Yates, who's working here as a sports director, incidentally, he said, okay, well, Mackie, you just make it through to the finish and everybody else, it's a pretty tough day, so survive. And Max Gandry said, well, hang on, Sean, yeah. I want to try and win. <laughs> you know, And he was he was buoyed by the performance mm-hmm. of David McKenzie. And Max Gandry was a star of the sport at that time, a medalist at the Olympic Games yeah. and the road race in Atlanta, won a lot of big one-day races, stage winner previously at the Giro. It has an impact, and and that team will be in breaks again. They won't be in a breakaway today. They'll be sprinting with Andrea Pascalon. They won't win, though, not this time, (laughs) but they'll be in plenty more breakaways. But yesterday, when you guys were talking, I was almost going. We almost have a direct line with the DS, you know, Piva, yeah, because uh, we had him live in the program, and we're like, oh, shall I contact him again? You know, yeah. like, trying to make my plan, then sort of fell apart. But that's yeah. okay. Uh, let's move on to tonight. So first of all, how to watch the uh, the stage tonight? It's easy. It's nine o'clock on SBS On Demand and on Vicent. You will be with uh, Bridie, Bridie O'Donnell joining yep. you. I will. And she lived in Italy for a long yeah. time. She speaks Italian. She loves Italy. So I'm looking forward to getting her insights on what we can do food-wise and moving away from the Portuguese tarts and picking up something else. Absolutely. It's not Friday, so it's not fromage Friday. It'll be uh, fromaggio, I yeah, assume. Fromaggio. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but look at uh, the profile straight as an arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bunch print, bunch print, bunch print. Yeah, I'm really ne- – we're, <laughs> we're broadcasting from the start of the stage. How long is the stage, incidentally? I can't uh, remember. 177 kilometers. Yeah, okay. So my fear from a commentary perspective is that the flag drops at the start of the stage and two right, one from Bardiani and one from Androni Giacatoli <laughs> roll off the front and the peloton just sort of pegs them at two and a half, three minutes and then we wait for the sprint finish at the end. And I think that is what's going to happen. Okay. And then in terms of victory mm-hmm. at the end, uh, my pick is Caleb for this week because he's got something to not prove, but he got he got picked yeah. uh, a couple of days ago. He's got something to prove in this Giro, and he wants to prove it. Yeah, and nobody puts more pressure on themselves than an elite athlete. And I had this conversation last night with Macker actually in reference to Chris Froome, and there's nothing mm. anybody can do externally that puts more pressure on a guy like Chris and likewise with Caleb. Absolutely, Caleb will want to win. They made a mess of it on stage two. The team did. Mm-hmm. And Caleb did the right thing, though, by sticking behind his teammates that have got a job to do and they just got caught in heavy traffic. They won't make that mistake twice. And we know that Roger Kluger has got really good legs with how strong he was in the opening time trial. Mm-hmm. And Jesper de Boost, he's got plenty of punch as well to be that last guy for Caleb. And Caleb, again, his equal favourite, Tim Muller, based on his win on stage two, yeah. you've got to put him is one of the favourites as well. Viviani has been close, but he's just missing that little something. Even though Dylan Grunewagen was fourth on stage two, now that George Bennett has struggled last night with a general classification, they'll put more resources into supporting Dylan Grunewagen for the sprint tonight. And I think that we'll see Jos van Emden, then David Decker, then Dylan Grunewagen in the final kilometre, okay. and they'll be all in. Okay, so no Sagan. Who? Yeah. <laughs> no. I, like Sagan, I think it's too flat. Okay. Yeah, I'm. He's going to win a stage surely at some point in but this he needs, zero. He needs a few kick. Before yeah, it just it's just the the stage is a little too easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
So it's eight o'clock, uh, nine o'clock, sorry, uh, nine o'clock uh, on SBS Viceland and on demand. You'll be there with uh, Bridie. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And uh, you'll no, be here am tomorrow. Am I back tomorrow? Uh, come on, you tick. That's okay. That's Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I've Thank got a pass mark. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, uh, stream, or subscribe to our website. You can also uh, log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Next appointment with us, it's 4 p.m. live tomorrow with this man here. Talk to them. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, rule number one, have fun. On Zwift, fun is fast. Tour de France winner, Geraint Thomas uses it. So too does Mathieu van der Poel. And Australia's Neve Bradbury Zwifted her way to a world tour contract. One of my favorite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get the chance to ride with. I love the structured workouts, doing meetup rides with friends, and when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races. They definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.